Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, uh, today, I have sort of a convoluted approach to this show today, and that is um, I've got things stuck in a couple different sides of my head, and I'm trying to reconcile them. And this is interesting because I think that's what people have to do in life, is you got all this different stuff jumbling around inside of your head about what's important in life, and you have to try to reconcile it. Later in the show, I'm going to start a discussion with you um, that I was having with my daughter about her life and, you know, being 34 years old, 35 years old, whatever she, she was born in 90. So she's 20, 33, I guess going to be 34. And, um, she's at that point in life where she's, she's running up against that thought process of what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What, what things are most important that I get done early in life, what things can be put off and what things, you know, are long-term goals and so on and so forth. We're going to discuss all that later on. First of all, though, I want to pull this way back down to right now in the moment and um, talk about the fact that yesterday um, my vehicle, the brakes went out. And it, it was kind of strange because then I ran into this article about inflation and how bad it's hurting people and how they couldn't even come up with $400 for an emergency repair. Well, I haven't got the bill back yet on replacing my brakes. Don't know. Don't think it's just like putting brake pads on. It's like the um, the main solenoid type thing went out because it was just the pedal went right to the metal. Boom. And it was after I had hit it hard for a hard braking, so something popped and all the juice went out or something. I don't know. But the bottom line is, is that I went through that yesterday, but as I went through that problem yesterday, I have to say that it was semi-benign. It's not that it didn't, um, well, it didn't upset me. I'm trying to think about this, how I felt about it. I did, it didn't really upset me. Uh, it didn't really create a sense of urgency, even. Uh, I have other vehicles case I had to use some other vehicle, but it is my favorite vehicle. And it's the one I'd use for all the of my hobbies and running around doing things. It's my uh, Raptor. And, you know, my Raptor is my fun vehicle. My Raptor is the thing that can pick up all the stuff from my landscaping. The Raptor is the, the vehicle I can carry heavy tools and things. And so it's, it's really my fun. It's my fun vehicle. It's the one I use the most. Um, but it's a situation where it didn't really hurt me. So I'm thinking about this here. I'm trying to share my gut feelings with you about this. And it's, you know, it came down to, okay, scared the heck out of me. I'm driving, the brakes go out. I have to find a way to get home and, uh, you know, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, go slow, 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 slow. So the pumping the brakes is enough to stop me and get me home. Then I have to be able to drive out and get it to a repair shop. 
And I get to a repair shop and, you know, drop it off and have to get somebody to pick me up. And, you know, so there was a lot of inconvenience to it that you would have. But I didn't have a job inconvenience to have to worry about. I mean, I thought about that, you know. It happened to me at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I didn't get it resolved until 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon by the time I finally found a place, got it over to the place right before the place closes, of course, at 5 o'clock. So I got it in there in time so that they could, by the next morning, get it into the shop and find out what's wrong with it. Hopefully today we'll find out. Um, But it it jacked with a whole day. You know, it did. And if I would have had a job, it would have jacked with my job. Probably... In most cases, you'd be okay, but in some cases, your boss would just give you the living bejeebers, and some cases, you might even have a problem getting fired. Um, this is this is the challenges that life throws out now and again. Let's not even mention break job could cost a thousand bucks, might cost two thousand. I don't even know what a break up brake job costs, especially on a truck that has a giant set of brakes like a, uh, a Sport Raptor. I don't know what it's going to cost to fix that. No idea. So here we are. And you're in day-to-day life. You've messed up your job. You've messed up picking up your kids from school. Um, you had this big expenditure that wasn't expected. And it's just throwing all kinds of stress into your life. Whatever that stress may be is amplified, right? So that's what started me thinking about all this. And I happened to see this Wall Street Journal says economy, U.S. economy. Uh, I think it's a Wall Street Journal deal. may not be. I'm trying to look for it here. It says, um, no, I can't see who it's written by, but I thought it was out of the Wall Street Journal. I, I, I linked from the Wall Street Journal to this, put it that way. Uh, and this ad, this article says inflation hits Americans, finances, Fed finds. The Fed finds out the, this inflation is hitting Americans. And it starts out by saying, first sentence, Americans reported a sharp decline in their financial well-being last fall as high inflation eroded earnings and savings, according to the Federal Reserve's survey released Monday. So here we have it. Americans believe that their, you know, their financial well-being went down quite a bit. Why do I bring this point up? Because I'm trying to point out to you how fragile your financial situation can be and how the Federal Reserve fighting inflation, so inflation's messing with you is what this article is mostly about, and then comes to the end of the article and talks about how the interest rates uh, increase that was used by the Fed to try to fight inflation, what that does to you, and all these things are messing with your life, right? The reality is, is that for most people, you've got one way of making money, and that's it, the job, right? So here you are, you're finding that this Inflation is actually a burden for you, right? That it becomes a personal burden. Fed officials said some 54% of adults said their budget had been affected a lot. It goes on and says almost two-thirds of adults said inflation caused them to pull back on using products or stop using some other products altogether. 
Now, let's think about this for a second. You're in the bottom half of the socioeconomic bracket out there. For those of you on the upper half of the socioeconomic bracket, it didn't change your spending habits. But if it didn't change your spending habits, it might have changed other parts of your habits. For example, you might not have stopped using the stuff you use on a day-to-day basis, but you might have put off a vacation. You put off a new car purchase this year, right? Something that, you know, you would have done, even as bad as you put off some of your savings. And I think that's in this article as we read through it. Um, so my point is, is that, okay, for those that are living paycheck to paycheck, this inflation really hits them hard because it makes them make a decision between bread or gas, you know, food or gasoline to get to work to make money to pay for the food and gasoline. Those are some tough decisions for people. Now, can those people benefit from what we do? At first glance, you would say no. I mean, there, there is a logical argument to say, Dell, those people are barely making it now. How can they save any money? Well, I've got an argument for that I've had forever, that if tomorrow the feds increased our taxes by 10%, we'd pay it. We'd survive somehow, some way. Would it be tougher? Probably. Would we have less things that we want to spend our money on that are useless, like cigarettes, uh, alcohol? I know when I drank, it, it was a ton of money, you know, and you add that up, it's really a lot. So those things, you know, maybe you have to cut back on drinking, which is good for you, cut back on smoking, but I don't think they do. I think you cut back on the good things. Instead of having the expensive cut of meat, you have the cheaper cut of meat. Uh, instead of cutting back on drinking, you go to a cheaper restaurant, maybe. I don't know. But the bottom line is is that it affects people. Even in the upper socioeconomic brackets, decisions are changed. And the point I'm making is, is that when you're in a position where you've replaced your income with passive income and you have multiple streams of passive income and every year you're saving you're in that habit of making and living on 90% of what you earn or 80% of what you earn, or for like me, less than 50% of what I earn, um, that money goes back into other investments. It just happens. It's just natural. So like for my position right now, I actually am closing on a commercial deal next week, and I've got two apartment complexes that I'm trying to get into contract on right now. So it's all going on. It just keeps going on. The, the environment, the business environment around me, the economic environment around me probably had some effect or has some effect to some degree, but not on the way I feel. And I'm not trying to rub that in anybody's face. I'm just trying to point out to you that even at the bottom of the socioeconomic bracket, if you had an extra thousand bucks a month, let's say two rent houses, that extra thousand bucks a month would go a long way a real long way towards easing some of this burden from inflation, right? Especially since as inflation goes up, rents go up, you know, that's inflation. When, when cost of things go up, everything goes up, right? Um, now let's look down the other side here. It says um, the Fed has aggressively raised interest rates for more than a year to try to tame inflation. So the sometimes the medicine is worse than the sickness, right? Uh, 
in this case, the medicine means that, hey, you can't afford to buy a new home right now. This year, that's out. These interest rates are too high. You can't qualify, right? You want a new car. You can't. The interest rates are too high. A couple of years ago, when interest rates were next to nothing, they would give you a six-year loan with no interest because it was cheaper for the the auto dealer to buy down the interest and more effective to make it be a no-interest loan than it was to give you $2,000 off of the car. You, you know, so in both cases, everybody came out better. The payments were massively low. The guy could get you to afford a car you really wanted but couldn't afford otherwise. And now all that's gone because the interest rates are so high. You can't afford that car anymore. So there are a lot of changes that go on because... First, the inflation was hitting you, and now the medicine, which is the interest rates, are hitting you. And you're, all this is in your face, and your face with putting up, right? The last thing it says before we go to break is inflation made it harder for people to save. The survey found some 51% cut their savings because of price increases. 51% of the people stopped saving completely. Why? They couldn't make ends meet. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. What would you say to women out there, Kelly, if they're thinking about doing this, if they're sitting out there right now going, I'm trapped with a glass ceiling where I work. I know I can't go up any further. There's, there's no room there. What would you say to them about becoming their own boss? Well, you know, you can decide to stay where you're at and keep trying to crack that glass ceiling. But at the end of the day, in this environment, it is so easy, you know, to be able to get out of that mold. People know me and they come up to me and they're very gracious and they don't look at me and say, oh, you're a woman, I'm not gonna invest with you, I'm gonna go over here. There's no real gender there. Are you ready to be part of a world where there are no glass ceilings, no gender bias, no limits? Start like award-winning real estate investor Kelly did with the online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. So today uh, we've been discussing the situation of um, the challenge that the uh, the current financial situation of high inflation and high interest rates is produced for people and how you're going to approach it and so on and so forth. But really, let's change the conversation here a little bit now and go over to the conversation I had with my daughter the other day. We were talking about my daughter's about 33 years old and she's just now getting to the point where 
she's coming out of childhood, and I don't mean like being a baby, but, you know, youth, and where youth has its dreams and its goals and its aspirations. So, you know, a young lady's dreams and goals and aspirations is hers was to be a competitive bodybuilder, and, and she made got her pro card. She's now a pro bodybuilder. Uh, you know, she found her boyfriend of her dreams. That was important. Uh, moved to some place with him and created a relationship. So when I was 30 years old, I was not dreaming about getting a relationship and moving to where some girl lived. Um, you know, she has no job aspirations. The, the job, she's had many, many jobs. She's good at jobs, but that's not in her cup of tea. It's just, that's something I know I can go get whenever I want to go get it. I can go get a job. I can go make money. I've got things I want to do. Travel was big. Her and her boyfriend traveled all over the country, all over the world, stuff. So they, that was important. And now at 33 years of age, about to be 34 years of age here in the second half of the year, she's starting to think about, hmm, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? You know, you can only go so many places. I know there's people that love travel more than anything in the whole world. I'm, I actually am exactly opposite of that. I Travel to me is disruptive. Uh, it's dangerous. And you end up seeing water. Let <laughs> me come up, break it down. You see water. You see mountains. All right? Those are nice. They're beautiful. But they're water and they're mountains. And I've seen water and mountains my whole life and go someplace new and see some different water and mountains. And they're beautiful. You go, wow, that's beautiful. And go, okay, should we get drunk here? Okay, we got a new place to get drunk? No, so I don't drink anymore. So there's not a new place, new exciting place to go party. Um, as you go down the list, right, of all these things that you want to do in life, all of a sudden they take on a different perspective, right? So in her case, she's starting to think about family, kids, uh, future. And she's trying to work this all out as to how it works out. Now, I had this discussion with my wife, Melissa, said, okay, Melissa took the route of having her kids young. She had three kids, all in her 20s. I took the route of not having a kid until I was retired at 34 years of age. I was a millionaire by the time I had my first kid. So a kid was never a burden on me as she had to struggle to raise three kids at a young age. So it's a different approach. But in her mind, okay, that's already over, and I've already she's already got two grandkids. And so in her mind, that was good to get it all over with so that she's young enough to enjoy her grandkids. And I'm thinking, well... If my daughter has a baby in the next year or two, we're only, you know, one year away on the second grandkid. The first grandkid's already like 12 years old, 13 years old. So she had one early, but that grandkid was far away, lives far away. So she never got to see her except once a year, maybe twice a year. Come, She'd come in for Christmas. She'd come in for summer vacation. And that's all we ever got to see her. So how fulfilling is that? I don't know. I mean, you love them, 
and you enjoy the time with them. But is that it's nowhere near as fulfilling as she spends every single day on the phone with this new baby? Uh, you say, how do you be on the phone with the baby? I mean, FaceTime. Her daughter and her, it's, it's, it's 110% her enjoyment in life right now. I guarantee you. It's everything that matters to her is that grandkid. And I understand. And, of course, they're cute, and you love them, and they're your blood, and I'll feel the same way. Um, but it's, she's now got that, but she's now, you know, that's same age. I'm going to have a grandkid, really, when my daughter has hers. So you, and she's not pregnant, by the way, but she's wanting to be type of thing. She's thinking about it. She's on, it's on her back of her mind, put it that way, that it's time. The old biological clock is ticking type thing. So we're looking at this and we're talking about what she wants and she's working it out and she's getting very defined perspective of what she wants. It's finally coming clear to her what's going to be important to her at least over the next 10 to 20 years. And there's just a few things you cannot work backwards from. You have to work forwards into. And uh, she's starting to realize that and that she's thinking, okay, I'll take care of this other stuff later. So what it got me thinking about for you guys, and this was something I, you know, had to have a conversation with her about, is basically the two different ways to live your life. And the one way to live your life is in a linear path, and the other way is in a parallel path. And what do I mean by that? Well, a linear path means that you pick one thing at a time and you do it. So you pick bodybuilding and you're a bodybuilder. And that's all you, it, it, it consumes your entire life. I know I did it. And the only thing I was able to squeeze in with bodybuilding was work. So I'm working 12 hours a day and I'm bodybuilding, right? And uh, that's, that's all there's room for. There's just no more room for anything else at that point. Um, so that was very linear. Now let's compare that to somebody who has a, a more paralleled approach where a person has got a job, he's working out for fitness, although probably not to be a competitive bodybuilder, although maybe, um, let's see, her boyfriend is a pro bodybuilder. He owns his own business. So he's got a paralleled interest of his business, his bodybuilding uh, and uh, my daughter is in his life, and he's got another daughter from his original earlier marriage or at least relationship. I don't know if it's marriage or not. But he's got a full basket of stuff, and he's doing it all at the same time. And she's really living in a linear path. You know, I'm doing this. That's what I'm doing right now. I got time for only boyfriend bodybuilding. I think people get into these things and you really ask yourself, and I've asked myself this for 66 years now, I'm that old, which is better? And everything I've always read touted that you need a balance in your life. And the best example I've ever heard, I read in a book somewhere a story about a guy who was a professor of time management, and he was having a college-level class on time management. And, you know, his auditorium was full of people. You can imagine, you know, a lecture with maybe two or three or 400 people there. And he pulls out a giant pickle jar. 
And the kids are looking at him like, what the heck? And he pulls out, pulls a tray up that has a tray is covered with all kinds of stuff. But it's behind the counter and you can't see it. And so he proceeds to pull out these rocks and he puts these big rocks inside this thing until it's completely full. And he goes out to the audience of, of his students and says, okay, I have a question for you. This is your exam. Is that pickle jar full? And a good note, if you think so, raise your hand. And a good percentage of the people in the room raise their hand, maybe 75, 80%. And he said, well, I'm sorry, you've all failed that portion of the test. That's question number one, you failed. Let's, let me show you what I mean. And he pulled out a bucket with pebbles in it, very small pebbles. And he took the pebbles and he just hand scooped them in there. And they kind of fell around the big rocks and he shook it a little bit and got more pebbles in there until he got it completely filled up around the big rocks with pebbles. He goes, see, I told you there was more room in that, in that uh, pickle jar. Now, now that we've filled it up with pebbles, are we now full? Second question on your exam. And people were a little more hesitant, but about 60% of the people now said, yeah, I think we're full. And he goes, well, another failed question. We're nowhere near full. He said, because watch this. And he pulls out a bucket of sand and he pours the sand in the top and the sand completely fills all the voids in the pickle jar, completely right up to the top. And he goes, there, now. Now that we filled this thing up with sand and we're all packed in there nice and tight and I've shook it around to get it in all the nooks and grannies, now are we full? And by now the kids were hesitant <laughs> to know what to do and about 50% of them said, yeah, it's full now. And he goes, up, ah, another failed answer. And he reaches down underneath there and pulls out a jug, or not a jug, but a, uh, a pitcher of water and he pours the water into the pickle jar. And sure enough, water was able to fit itself in that pickle jar and around that pebbles and around that sand. And he emptied the water into the pickle jar. He said, are we full now? Everybody goes, I don't know. They were afraid to raise their hand, right? He said, so what is the moral of this whole story? Can anybody tell me what we just learned? And, uh, some kid raised his hand. He said, well, the moral is there's always more room. Meaning what? There's always more room in my life to put more stuff in it if I have the correct time management. He said, nope. Last failed question. The moral to this story is you better put the big rocks in first. Because life is full of things that are needed to be done, which are the pebbles, the minutiae. Got to go to work, got to take care of the kids, got to get them to the doctors, got to get them to their sporting event. Those are all pebbles. They got to be done. They just fill up your life. Then there's the sand. Oh, my gosh. The sand is the all the stuff that doesn't really need to be done, but you do it anyway. You're eating here. You're going out. Well, I guess, no, eating and sleeping has got to be pebbles. It's got to be around the big rocks. You got to eat and sleep and whatever, right? But then you've got, you know, the, the sand, and the sand is all those things you want to do, right? And then there's the water, all those things you absolutely want to do but don't need to do. So the sand is the stuff you want to do that needs to be done um, if, effectively. In other words, I'd like to go work out. 
Do you have to? No, but your life gets filled up with that because you want to. Now there's the things, the water, which are things that you don't even need to do, like watching TV and listening to your music and doing those things that have absolutely no physical importance to accomplishing life. Those become the water. What happens with most people is they have not picked out the big rocks by the time they're 34 years old, 33 years old, like my daughter. But I've told my daughter this story so many times. She's sitting there, Dad, I'm trying to pick out the big rocks right now. Because I've told her this story a hundred times since she was a kid. And she's going, I know I got to get those big rocks in now. Because once I were to get married and life went on and things were happening, my life could be dissipated with pebbles and sand and water. And my friends, that's why you need to think about this right now. What are the big rocks in your life? Remember, It's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a great day and get those big rocks in first. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.